July 17th. But on Friday, had a uh, had a visit from my other boss, which was very disappointed. It took me so long to invite her in um, to be on this podcast, but also um, our Sunday morning feature, Cumulus Media Toledo's Contact, where we talk a lot of community affairs. So Mallory, my good friend Mallory Crooks. Mallory Crooks. Crooks. Why did why do I stumble over her name? Um, Director of Public Relations for my friends at the Ability Center will be by in just moments. So we can invite you out to the Ability Center takeover of the main branch of the library coming up on Saturday. A few things before we get to that. Saturday, I had one of those, no, it was Friday, I had one of those ideas. I talked about this on the air and I wanted to save it for a podcast. Here here we are. It's one of those, you can't be serious ideas or, you know, or maybe you'll go the other way and go, oh, okay, let me give that some thought. Um, I was talking to uh, a friend last week, we were talking about kids being safe in the streets and slowing people down and I think there's a couple of measures that are coming into place in South Toledo uh, to slow people down on the roads and I think back to a couple months ago, wasn't there something we talked about with city council where they rescinded some archaic law of kids, people not being able to play in the streets and I think it was just like perfunctory that they, they got rid of it. It was just one thing that somebody forgot. And there was another layer to that that I came across a couple of weeks ago. But kids should be allowed to play in streets. If they're not being problematic, if they're not stopping, go play in streets. Especially like back here in these side streets in South Toledo. You know what it was like? Car! Where you'd run when the ball or whatever you were chucking around hit somebody's car. Like hit the, the cranky neighbor's car. Like you ran like hell. So maybe we can, it's a poor metaphor, but I'll use it anyway. Maybe we can kill two birds with one stone here. We can slow people down and get kids active again. I think we, we, need, we know the kids could be a little more active or maybe active in a different way. So let's do that. So let's, uh, instead of maybe these, these barriers, these road narrowing things, I have to look up what a chicane is because all I know is that is an electronic music producer from about 20 years or so ago. A, a chicane, chicane, however you pronounce it, C-H-I-C-A-N-E. Um, let's, uh, are kids allowed to play unsupervised? And I'm not talking about like five-year-old kids. Like kids who are clearly old enough to be unsupervised while it is still light out after school, whatever. Can they can they be unsupervised? I am unclear on, on this because I'm sure there's some place somewhere where kids have to be supervised at all time. We might have come that far and that might be a blind spot of mine that I have missed because I don't have kids. Um kids playtime recreation athletics activities from what i gather in some places i've read they've become extremely organized rigid um not a lot of room for imagination and that's not necessarily a good thing and a lot of these things have become extremely lucrative for those charging and very expensive for people having to pay for these activities like, just let kids do free play. So, send them out to the streets. Eric, are you telling me you want to send these kids out to the streets where, where we want to slow people down? These kids could get hit. Why no? But, like, let's send them all. Like, let's encourage groups of kids to 
whatever. Go go stand in the middle of the street and do Pokemon on your phone or something. But, but do something active. Find something active on your phone that you can do with six or seven other kids. In the middle of the street? Sure. In the quiet neighborhoods and whatnot, but in the street, like when we were kids. How how does so one, we're gonna get kids active, allowing them free play, allowing them to be use their imagination, and that's an important skill and muscle to flex and to grow. So let's get kids active and imaginative. And uh, if there's a bunch of kids out in the street, um, they'll be easier to see. So people will likely slow down. If it was like me and eight other kids, I've told you before, out in front of my house, back on Foster Street, back home in Philadelphia, Foster and Hoff, the intersection, like in front of my house is like the stadium, like the multi-purpose stadium. Um, we played wiffle ball and all, all other forms of, of baseball, things that are adjacent to baseball. We played football there. We played basketball. My dad made a, a really scary hockey net with chicken wire and, and wood when we just should have bought it. Um, it looked like it was out of the Middle Ages. And yeah, so all, all the games we used to play were out in front of my house. If there were eight of us out there, you're damn right that car a block away saw us and slowed down. If there was just a couple of us, maybe they didn't see as many kids out in the street, so they didn't slow down. So we kill two birds with one stone. We send a bunch of kids out to, to, to get active and imaginative, and we slow people down going through neighborhoods. What do you think? Um, I'm about 73% serious with the idea. And if we can't do this because kids can't play in streets or unsupervised, let's have a conversation. Um, Next thing I need to not scold you, but just caution you. If we don't pack the Huntington Center and there are rows and rows of empty seats for the Soup Dog Show on Wednesday, we're not going to get what I would like which is a larger variety of concerts. More concerts that are in the pop genre. And Snoop Dogg, Wiz Khalifa, and Ying Yang Twins, to me, that's pop. At its essence, at its core, it's hip-hop, but they're all pop songs. Somebody said to me not long ago, um, like, you're playing some country song on Q105, or you're playing some hip-hop song. I'm like, eh, we play pop songs. If we're playing it, it's a pop song. Maybe where it started wasn't, but it's a pop song. If we want more pop shows, which when was the last, what was before the Snoop show? I'm sorry if I'm missing one, but I always go back to it because I went to it. Paramore and Fall Out Boy back in 2014. Has there been any somewhat contemporary current pop shows since then? Like where they have released new music within quality new music in the last two years. I don't know if Tonic dropped anything um, in their run up to, to their times here at the Promatica shows, but... I would like to have more pop shows. And some of it is just, is just not going to happen because these acts, they they have the choice to go Columbus, Cleveland, Detroit. But there's some that we can definitely have here. But if we don't get the Huntington Center to like 80% capacity for this show on Wednesday, it's going to go back to the same old, same old. Um, the retirement rock shows and country. And yes, I say that in a very sardonic tone. So we got we to pack things for Snoop coming up on Wednesday night. Uh, I got some text messages the other night and not surprisingly, because I'm fairly certain they had done a song a couple of years ago. Uh, it was not very good, but they just did the one together that they knew would rock and almost blow the roof off of Ford Field the other night. So yeah, Ed and Eminem, I think had a song, but they did this. I, I wondered if I could play you a cover of an Eminem song tonight. 
Legs, palms are sweaty, knees, weak, arms are heavy There's vomit on his sweater already Mom's spaghetti is nervous, but on the surface He looks calm and ready to drop off But he keeps on getting what he wrote down The whole crowd goes so loud Opens his mouth, but the words won't come out He's choking out, everybody's choking now The clock's run out, time's up, overblown Step back to reality, up the ghost rabbit Up the ghost rabbit, he chucked, he's so mad but he won't Whenever I uh, see Eminem uh, performing live, hopping on stage, whatever it may be, is my eyes immediately go trained to his shoes because he's often wearing like custom Jordans that some pairs are literally tens of thousands of dollars because only one was made for him. And then I look up and go, yeah, he's still got it. I do. I want to do a little math here. I'll keep it quick. Um, I wonder how many people at that show, you heard the cheers when he dropped in on Ed there. I wonder how many people that were there needed to wait until, I don't know, 2010 to be allowed to listen to Eminem songs. Why do you say that? Uh, there's a little, I mean, Ed is Ed has mass appeal to 60-year-olds, to 40-year-olds, to 20-year-olds. Eminem, I, I have always waited for the cancer culture mafia, which I, I'm not a, I'm not a believer in. Um, but I have wondered why the cancel culture mafia has not come after Eminem. Um, because for the same reason why I just said, I wonder how many people had to wait till a certain time to listen to his lyrics. We could all go back and listen to those lyrics of albums we're very familiar with that are extremely, what, homophobic and misogynistic. And you and I, roughly around the same age, were rapping right along with those lyrics because we just liked the songs. We didn't know the greater meaning. Well, we, we knew, but we overlooked it because we liked this guy. He was local. So now we think differently about that stuff. But I am surprised that some younger people, some 15 to 25 year olds haven't gone after Eminem. Now, maybe it's because he hasn't had any really big hits in some time. I thought they were going to come for him um, during the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. They did not. Um, but you can certainly go back and go to those lyrics. And I'd love to hear him answer some questions and hear what he would say. I'm sure he is. He is. I, I believe he is far more enlightened now than he was then. I have never heard any interviews or read anything. But I wonder if he looks back and go and says, yeah, I fucked up. I'm embarrassed by all of this. Um, I say they, the kids, people didn't listen to the 2010. So let's say somebody who's at that show is 28 years old. I can see 28-year-old like an Eminem a lot. So you're 28, you're born in 95. So you were four when my name is hit. So you were just a little kid when Eminem was at the apex of his career in the early and just into the mid-2000s. Eight, nine years old. And uh, your parent, your parents caught you caught them listening to Eminem. And they smacked it right off. So then they had to wait. They were a little bit older. So I am curious of, uh, and it's of course it's a little different in Detroit, where I'm sure there were kids growing up who knew who Bob Seger was, even though they liked In Sync. 
um, and, and the other Detroit artists. Next up, Saturday was my day to sleep in. I guess around two o'clock, the dogs lost their minds and um, ran downstairs. I didn't know what the hell it was. A couple hours later, the doorbell rings. Um, now, I don't have a camera at the front door, but I can see whether or not someone, I can look down, down from my bedroom and see what is going on in my front door. Unless the person stands there long enough, then knows that I can run downstairs to look through the peephole. But for the most part, I, wait, I waited there for a couple minutes to see if anybody walked away. Nobody did. And when I got downstairs in eight seconds, nobody was there. Hmm. Probably a Uber Eats or DoorDash or a delivery driver who went to the wrong house by accident. That has happened a bunch. Most of the times when it happens, they say, hey, this is uh, 7108. Can you help me find like 719? Like, I actually can't because I don't know the address is in the little spot here. Two hours later, it happens again. Hopefully your dogs aren't listening. My doorbell is a generic doorbell ring. Hopefully your dogs weren't there. Um, Nobody rang the doorbell all three times. It rang itself. After that third one, I pushed the doorbell a couple times. The dogs did not like that, thinking maybe it was stuck or something. I don't know. Um, Threw it out there for uh, the geniuses on Facebook to help me out. Um, A couple people said, battery's dying. Like a smoke detector? Okay, I don't know. A doorbell had a battery. Somebody else said, maybe it's a, a short circuit. Could be that. So I got on my little step stool, opened up the doorbell. There, there ain't no battery in there. So it's wired to the house somehow. Was there a short? I don't know. Would there be other signs of that? Um, I am open. I am all ears. Everything has an explanation. Even if you want to say, Eric, you have a doorbell ghost. Now, if I were a ghost, I don't know if I'd be ringing. I I would want to be scarier, more frightening in, in the evening, in the overnight. Um Maybe it's just the commercial way we present ghosts, but I think they only really come out at night. This was like two, four, and six o'clock in the afternoon and early evening. Maybe it was a drunk ghost. I don't know, but there was nothing there. And if you're a ghost and you came to ring my doorbell, you came to the wrong house because the dogs are going to run you off. But perhaps it's a short circuit, but baffling nonetheless. I will be baffled, perhaps even a little bit hurt, definitely perplexed. Unless you have other plans already for you not coming out Saturday to the Ability Center takeover of the main branch of the library downtown. I get to welcome my boss from my second job to my first job's studio. Yeah, this is a little weird. How awkward is it? It's very awkward being on this side. Uh, that is my boss from my second job <laughs> with the Ability Center. That is Mallory uh, Crooks. Can you tell me your title? Because I know it's really long and fancy now. It's not too fancy. Director of Public Relations. Communications, community outreach, hanging with people. Yes, 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 yes. All the above. All right, we keep it simple. Um, I wanted, so uh, we can also talk about the podcast, which I can't talk about a whole bunch, but I host a podcast for the Ability Center, which you executive produce. I guess you could say that. Yeah, it's called 68 Words. And you want to explain a little bit of what that is, and then we'll uh, we'll spend 20 minutes here talking about Disability Awareness Month. Yeah, that's my favorite topic. Um, so the podcast was born really out of an opportunity to talk about people, spaces, and places that are disability friendly. Well, what does that mean, right? So that means people that are thinking about inclusion when they're throwing events in the community, people that 
that are going above and beyond with their opening up a new restaurant. And they want to make sure it's accessible um, and inclusive to folks. We're going to we're going to highlight those people and we're going to talk about programs and services and other organizations that are doing good stuff in the community. Um, we're about a year old now. Mm-hmm. Um, we should have had a birthday party or something. Oh, by the way, I caught you in your first lie. What? Your favorite thing to talk about is Henry. True, true, Second, true. That's, yes. that's two, Henry's two and a half. Two and a half. Two, two. Yep. The cutest little boy in oh. all of Toledo. Oh, he is you. super cute. Glass City Boy Mama. He's definitely in the running for that. <laughs> um, we're about a year now. I think we've done 20 some episodes. There's usually two a month. We're a little slower here in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, uh, 68 words, look yep. it up on all plat- podcast platforms. Can you think of, a, of an episode that really uh, you enjoyed listening to the most or getting to know somebody mm-hmm. that we had invited on? Hands down, Ryan Wickman from... Wickman. Wickman. I always say it wrong. I apologize. Usually people say Witchman, but Ryan Wickman. Yeah, Ryan's great. Yes. I don't need to know his last name to know that he does good stuff in the community. I was hanging on his every word because I'm a parent, and when he was talking about his experiences going to different playgrounds and um, little grants experience, I was like, tell me more, and how my kid can go to more inclusive playgrounds, and... He's got his stuff together. He does. And he's not only, obviously, a personality on TV, but he's a dad. And he pretty much outshined all of the development people in Northwest Ohio by raising a ton of money for inclusive playgrounds. So I just, I love everything he's doing. I mean, let's let's not talk him up too much. He, <laughs> he is super tall, so he could be kind of imposing. Sure. And he's Ryan Weekman. And if Ryan Weekman comes to you and says, I have this idea, it's like you're throwing money at yes. the guy. Um, he is Wood County Plays. He's yes. visited our podcast with 68 Words. He's been here to talk about a lot of things. Great dad, great meteorologist. And I'm happy that his son, Grant, has come, come so far uh, with where Grant was and with his disability, which I can't think of it off the top of my head, but you'd never know because Grant is a whirlwind of a toddler. I think Grant's maybe four or five yeah, now. Yeah, I think he's a little older. Um, six, that's 68 words. It's Disability Awareness Month. Let's talk about what uh, you set up and people might have seen on WTOL this past Tuesday. Yep, so we got the team up bright and early. I don't know how I did it, but I somehow wrangled our team to talk about durable medical equipment at 5 a.m. And Audrey did a great job talking through our top five items. A lot of people don't know what to do with durable medical equipment. What, what is it? What is it? Or what yeah, is that? It's like walkers, wheelchairs, bathroom equipment. Um, little known fact that bathroom equipment is not covered by insurance, which makes no sense to me um, because that's really where most of the falls happen. Mm. And so we are really focused on making people's homes more inclusive, or I'm sorry, more accessible so they can stay in them longer. So that was a piece that we did. And then we got some type of crazy energy flowing in our gym and we had tons of folks doing wheelchair basketball at 6 a.m. including you yourself which I appreciated and we talked about inclusive sports and what that looks like and how it doesn't have to be this weird thing being in a wheelchair it's fun I had a blast doing it because I am not I've never been a runner in my life (laughs) I don't like running distances I'm not fast so that first time I got to play wheelchair basketball um, with what I think it was a DAE, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about. Yep. First of all, I said, I'm going to be on Valerie's team, Valerie Fatika, who's the disability manager for the city. She's the pro. She's the athlete. I went on her team. But then I realized this is fun. I can play basketball without having to run. I like it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what people don't realize about adaptive sports. It's only adaptive to the people that 
play traditional sports. And so for Val, like she's a rock star at that, right? Like that's where she's thriving, but also people without disabilities can also play. So it kind of creates this level playing field that people don't ever think about. They think, oh, people with disabilities just go up to play over here. No, no. How about we all play a game that we all can play and yeah. watch her kick everybody's butt? <laughs> yeah. Um, I am so uh, excited and, and privileged and honored to be a part of the team now because when I tell people I host the podcast mm-hmm. or I do work with you guys, um, no, everyone I have talked to, they speak so glowingly of the Ability Center for a variety of reasons. Um, and we both probably get caught in this. There are people who don't know what the Ability Center is. Don't so, tell me that. <laughs> well, I mean, it is your job. There are we, we, like we we like to know that we think everybody does, but um, there are people who don't, and they're missing out on something that they can talk glowingly about. So, if they don't know, what is the Ability Center? Yep. So we've actually been around for over a hundred years, and you for most of them. Me for most of them. <laughs> I, that doesn't give my age away. Um, no, I think the unique thing about the Ability Center is you might not stumble across us if you haven't had to use us. And Mm -hmm. I think that that energy is changing. I think we are going in a direction where it's all about inclusivity. And so when we talk about the wheelchair basketball, like you do not have a physical disability and you're out there with everyone else having a ball. We have agility angels, um, which is an agility sport um, where we have folks with and without disabilities can run our dogs through agility courses. And you know, kids with and without disabilities love that. And it gives them confidence and builds structure and gives them exercise. And so I think we're creating more opportunities each and every day to bridge that gap because people with disabilities want to have experiences just like everyone else. They don't mm-hmm. want to be in this box where only people with disabilities can use this program. Well, how about we make it inclusive and kind of flip the script? And so I think hopefully we're moving in that direction. So more people that aren't specifically touched by disability find out who we are and I think it's really becoming known because of our Toledo is for everyone phrase Mm -hmm. which we definitely thank Jupe Mode for that connection and really um, that campaign truly because people have grabbed onto that and it's a fun phrase thinking of Toledo is for everyone and it's not necessarily just tied to disability I mean we really consider ourselves a, an inclusive community, but when people understand the backstory of like, we all belong here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's a fluffy term, but if everyone can kind of get behind it in a way that, you know, they think differently about disability, I think we all win. Um, Toledo is for everyone is a thing that started, I guess, about a year ago mm-hmm. with the kickoff at uh, Glass City Metro Park, and the podcast was part of that. What else is part of uh, Stewart's vision and yours as well for Toledo is everyone? Yeah, so Toledo is for everyone actually started in January 2020. We'll miss that. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> well, there's good, other things good, going good timing. on. Yeah, there's yeah. other things going on at that time. Um, so it was one of their community T-shirts, and I think um, it was one of their most successful. And like I said, people grabbed onto the message, and so we've kind of continued that. And when Stuart came, he's like, "This is awesome. We want to be the most disability-friendly community in the country." And all of this phrase, you know, all these phrases kind of came together. But he's like, "How do we do that? How do we encourage people to think differently and then act? How does that business owner that?" doesn't have an inclusive and accessible shop how do I make him care about my money because I have money to Mm -hmm. be able to patronize his business and so we tried to put together all of these different opportunities for people to think differently so that's how the podcast was born Um, we have monthly lunch and learns so we bring in tons of different experts and really a bunch of different things we've had the state of Ohio come in and talk about um 
stable accounts, which is financial um, accounts for folks with disabilities. We've had Metro Parks come in. We've talked about our assistance dogs. Um, we've done a ton of different different things that we've had come in um, that we've highlighted each month. And then we have our Authentic Authors video series. So we actually work with Chris Peterson, who is like an angel to me. And uh, so, yeah, she interviews people locally and regionally. We've highlighted people all throughout the state of Ohio. Actually, nationally, we actually... Um, interviewed a guest from Imagination Station. She is a NASA scientist. What was her name? Uh, Dr. Horton. Renee Horton. Was she here for the... Girl power. Yes, that, that, that. Yes, so we snagged her. Um, So really, we're taking the stories of people with disabilities and shining a light on on their story. And they can talk about their disability as much or as little as they want. You know, I'm not sitting there feeding them questions. They're like, this is my authentic story. And so that's been a great opportunity for us as well. Um, And obviously, our disability awareness experiences, you know, we're trying to get as many people through the doors as the Ability Center as possible. Let's started the the bottom of those because these are important um i was just thinking today about something rolling through my head um along the lines of that's that's different but we overcome our biases um not even if it's intentional hate or anything like that Mm -hmm. we get used to things when oh i think it was was a woman who was breastfeeding at the zoo today she just Uh, pulled it out right near the penguins and um (laughs) uh, the kid was crying so it's like oh yeah uh, I know there's some stigma with that in both directions, but we often stare or have questions about things we don't see or hear often. And then you get over it because you've seen it a million times. Mm -hmm. And that I think is what the DAEs want to do. Put you in the darn wheelchairs. Tell me about them. Yep. So our disability awareness experiences are designed to do just that. You want people to be in a room and talk to each other. Um, Stuart doesn't want to call it Stuart is our executive director. And, and he my Twitter buddy. Yes, you guys are besties. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't want to call it a training because yeah, he's like, not. I don't want to give you a training on how to talk to me. That's awkward. We've been in countless situations as an organization where we're putting on a panel or doing speeches somewhere and someone literally asks us, how do I talk to people with disabilities? And we're kind of taken back because we're like, you just talk to them. Right. Um, if you have questions about disability, ask them. I guarantee you they will appreciate that more than a weird stare or a weird pat on the back or moving their wheelchair forward out of the way. If you think you're helping, you're probably not. <laughs> and that's something that we've kind of heard across the board from folks with disabilities. They just want to be talked to. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of an organized way to do this. And so we have groups and organizations come in, Stuart sits them down and says, hey, this is the opportunity for you to ask anything you want to about disability. He is in a wheelchair. How does he dance with his wife at a wedding? How does a blind person brush their teeth? Like those are awkward questions you may not ask someone, but you've always wanted to know. And once you get past that, then you start to say, oh my gosh, you go to this church or my son plays in soccer shots and you know, you're able to build more connections. And so- this experience kind of walks you through different stations and you're not in the shoes of people with disabilities because that's not the point either. We want you to just be immersed in disability and it's different. You're not assuming a disability. You don't have to take anything off at the end of it and kind of wash your hands of disability. You're learning more about how that person functions and how other other parts of their life are not different from yours. Mm-hmm. My uh, 
the story that I always like to see and hear Stuart tell, I think he said it might have been one of his daughter's friends. Mm -hmm. And this is applicable to, like, this is one way where kids and adults and everybody is the exact same. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess one of his daughter's friends wanted to see his wheelchair. And kids asked the the weird questions like, why why are you so small? Why are you in a wheelchair? Some nonsense like that. And Stuart's like, go ahead, sit in the wheelchair. And the kid who might have been in asking that awkward question within like three minutes I think Stuart said the kid was over the wheelchair Mm -hmm. because they were used to it it was cool and they've moved on with their life and it's totally acceptable to them now Mm -hmm. I love that story and adults are the same way with like the DAEs yes I will tell you from experience I bring Henry in there he's two and a half and I brought him in there and he hopped in the chair so quick and was whipping around the gym and it was interesting to see he has no preconceived bias about people with disabilities he did not look at that as a negative connotation at all and so when we see adults come in and they look so hesitant like they're going to get stuck in this wheelchair it's kind of comical because it's not like that at all and we want to kind of bridge that gap between people not understanding and really just being more familiar about disability so when you experience it in your everyday life it's not such this shocking medical outside of my realm thought you're not staring or looking you don't sit there with a blank face wanting to ask a question and the person who has disability there they know that you want to ask again to go back to the kid it's like these adults you become that kid you're gonna go sit in that wheelchair you're gonna play some ball you're Mm -hmm. gonna use the motorized ones and just like that kid after three minutes you're gonna be as unimpressed with the wheelchair and all these questions that you wanted to ask will go away because you'll be like what amy reamer said to me she said the most sage thing in all these conversations I had in the last year um, during one of the D-A-E-D-A-E-S. <laughs> um, Amy does not have a, a left shoulder on down. Yep. Did I get the right side? Yep. Um, she is a, an, an incredible woman. She's been here to talk about some of her um, birth issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had her on 68 Words yep. to talk about disability. No, we didn't. She's only done D-A-E-S. Mm-hmm. She said, I do the same thing you do. Just do it differently. Mm-hmm. And you can apply that to like a million different things. Why do you use that hand to cut that with? Well, I'm left-handed and you're right-handed. We do the same thing. We just do it differently. And when she said that, it crystallized like everything I had learned up to that point. And I think that that's something that we should share more often. And hopefully, maybe you already do and go, I do the same thing as you. I'm just in a wheelchair doing it. Or I can't do it with sight or hearing or whatever it is. I just do it differently. Mm -hmm. I think people are afraid of accommodations. And I think that's one thing that our team does a really great job of simplifying is businesses are sometimes scared to hire people with disabilities. And we're kind of here to say, okay, here's the blueprint. Here's ways that you can do it without spending a dime or there's different websites and resources that people just have no idea and they just kind of don't touch it and disability kind of goes in this box. Unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't fit in the DEI strategy. And so that's why we're trying our best to kind of infiltrate that um, that world because we want to make sure that people with disabilities aren't forgotten in that. And DAE definitely um, is a part of that. So we want to get people that are in the DEI space and really anyone that is part of an organization that cares about people <laughs> and businesses and organizations um, that are looking for something like this to definitely reach out. And if you don't care about people, like <laughs> I do sometimes or don't, you care about money yeah. and people with disabilities 
have money mm-hmm. um, and they are your customers and they can be great, great workers. Why don't you give me 60 seconds about our friend in Culver's, uh, one of my favorite podcasts, oh my about gosh. how someone who you might not hire, but you bring them in and you're like, wow, they've improved the actual operation. Yes. So our team in and uh, Culver's in Finley. Um, so Danielle, I believe mm-hmm. was her name. and Store so, manager and owner. Store manager and owner. Yep. Um, she told the story about one of her employees who was a blind woman and she was a little older and she had her um, sight kind of leave her a little later in life. So she did have a lot of skills and she was hooked up with the local board of DD and trying to find a position and she kept getting the door shut in her face. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I have skills. I know the only reason that they are not hiring me is because I'm blind. They're not looking past all of my previous experience. And so she was ready to give up. And so I think that that's a common story. And I think a lot of people do give up and that's that gives a negative connotation to people with disabilities because unfortunately that happens and it's not part of their control they just get the door shut in their face because of their disability when they have so much more to give and so um, this lady was hired and they completely reworked how they do their operation because they had to communicate more and that led to more obviously communication and less breakdown of everything really because more communication especially in the fast food world is is always good they became super efficient yeah like one of the the, the first assembly lines yep. and i mean culver we all know culver's it's busy like there's, always there's no dawdling around you yep. want your food and she's sticking her hands in lettuce and tomatoes and she never sticks it in the fryer you never. somebody might otherwise think something different but she is a superstar employee there and i think the interesting thing is people have no idea that she's blind mm. And I think that that's something that more businesses need to see and hear about her story because I think you automatically think if you have a blind employee, like that's going to change the trajectory of your business. And it's not. I mean, people, the guests that come there, obviously I went there just to go see her. But if you didn't know and if you were just a casual you know, person going to Culver's, you would have zero clue. Your order would be correct. It would yeah. also be done by a blind person. Yeah. And more employers, one of the things that we try to accomplish is more employers should be, figuratively speaking, blind when it comes to hiring people Mm -hmm. and to dismiss your preconceived notions, especially as we've moved away from it now. But there were a lot of now hiring signs. Mm -hmm. And you might have been a person, whether intentionally um, or unintentionally, who overlooked somebody because they might have had a disability when you couldn't hire anybody. Mm -hmm. And this person was sitting right here for you. Yep. Um, next set, we'll wrap up in a couple of minutes, but mm-hmm. give me the, uh, the li- we're taking over the library and unlike the cowards at the Metro parks, we're not giving it back. Never. I am so excited. I, all I hear about is the Metro parks and how much they killed it. So I don't know if we can shine a candle to them, we will. We but will. we have dogs. Yes. We have dogs. So we have our agility dogs that are going to be there. And I think the fun thing is that we can have folks actually run our dogs. They, you know, are going to demonstrate the different obstacles, um, but you're out there running with the dogs. And so um, you get to learn about our program and kind of test drive it. And it's for people with and without disabilities, like I said. All of our programming is true inclusion. And so we're going to have wheelchair basketball up at the roof. We're going to have yoga um, and we're going to have chairs and then opportunities for people to roll up in their wheelchairs. Um, and we're going to have 
a blind artist who's going to be featured in the gallery. We're going to have hands-on activities in the atrium, which is going to be super fun. So the event is going to be really family-friendly. There's going to be something for everyone. And we're also going to have celebrity book readers um, as part of our inclusive book project called Dream. Who are the celebrity? Who are the celebrities? We have Larry Stevens from okay. the University I'm of Toledo. I'm looking seeing him again. He's your buddy. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's going to be reading. And um, then we're going to have the author of a couple of our dream books, Amy Webb, and she's coming to us from Cincinnati, and she's really well known in the space, and she's a great influencer, and I'm just excited to have her, and so she's going to be doing a reading and a meet and greet as well, so kiddos can stick around and get their picture taken with her and have their book signed, um, and then we're also going to do uh, a sensory space, so folks can come out and try some of the sensory toys and adaptive pieces that the Ability Center has to loan families um, a lot of people don't know that we offer that program so some of these adaptive pieces are really expensive and if you're anything like my son Henry you're done with toys in two seconds mm. and so you don't want to spend all this money if it's not going to work for your kid if it's right. not going to be able to fit them and their needs so we have this lending closet that families can um, try certain items and it's the sensory pieces and then also the adaptive toys and that means anything from different buttons that maybe kiddos with different dexterity challenges can't click um, and we have tons of different toys so if your kids into different things you know you can try out multiple things and so we're going to have all those pieces there and then we're also going to have some uh, vendors there too some community Good. partners this is July 22nd at the main, main branch of the library yep. and again unlike the metro parks we're not giving the library back never we're taking it all over yes um, this is going to be a great event hope to see people out there obviously you said family friendly that Absolutely. should go without saying mm -hmm. it should also go without saying it's totally free if you're putting money out there it's because you're paying Mallory for being great at what she does please put it in my pocket or you're buying Henry is Henry going to be out there of course excellent as long as he's not sick right right okay um, <laughs> how could people a director of public relations and my boss mm -hmm. executive producer of the 68 words <laughs> podcast Mallory Crooks how can people get in touch with you or uh, the Ability Center in general yep so our website we have a live chat for questions questions um, pertaining to any of our programs, obviously follow us on all social media platforms. We just announced our TikTok page, so we need more followers there, so please head over to that. Um, everything is under Ability Center or Ability Center of Greater Toledo. It is uh, an unassuming building on Monroe that you may have passed hundreds of times, as I likely did, and we could spend another half an hour talking about all the things that it offers with inclusion from, we didn't even get to the service dogs. It is almost an infinite amount of help it can do for the community. So don't overlook that building anymore because as unassuming as it is, it is a remarkable, a remar a remarkable part of our community. Mm -hmm. And also we are always looking for volunteers for our assistance dog program. So we train and place service and skilled companion and school facility dogs. So we are always looking for community volunteers to bring the dog into your home and help with basic obedience and manners. You Gotta get a dog. A Look at you that. get a dog. You get a dog. Yes.